Hi, welcome to James Miller Lifeology, where you learn to simplify and transform your spirit, mind, and body. My name is James Miller. I'm a licensed psychotherapist and a composer. Thank you so much for tuning in today. Let's get started. Thank you so much for taking time out of your busy schedule to listen to this show. When you're done listening, I hope you take a minute and write a quick review on whichever radio or podcast platform you've heard this show. Your insights will help others to be inspired and encouraged. I have a great show for you today. I'm going to help you find happiness in your life. I'll also be interviewing life coach Vernon Brown, who shares his story of finding his happiness and how he continually inspires his clients to find their happy. For more information about Vernon, please visit whatsyourhappy.com. Be sure to spell happy, H-A-P-P-I. I have some exciting news. Did you know that I'm on the radio three times a week? You may hear me on the same station on Tuesdays at 1.30 p.m., Fridays at 9.30 a.m., and Saturday at 12.30 p.m. You may also hear me anytime on iHeartRadio, as well as on all the other major podcasting platforms, including iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, and many others. Simply search for the show name, James Miller Lifeology, or simply go to jamesmillerlifeology.com. Are you struggling to find your purpose? Has mediocrity set in and you can't imagine doing the same thing for the rest of your life? Are your relationships struggling or you aren't sure how to make long-lasting changes? Then contact me, James Miller. I will help you recognize the areas in your life that are going really well, and then we will look at the areas in which you're struggling. We will create actionable solutions to help you create long-lasting changes. You don't have to do this alone. Go to my website, jamesmillerlifeology.com, and click on the page, Work with James. Fill out that form and it will be sent directly to me. Don't let another day go by without finding your way. Your change can start today. Once again, go to jamesmillerlifeology.com and click on the page, Work with James. Fill out that form to get started today. Finding your happiness. The world will often dictate to you what happiness means and what you need to do to attain that. The reality is each one of us have unique personalities and interests, which eventually can help us find happiness. Many times we often think that items or merchandise or materialistic things are going to cause us to be happy. And of course, we've always heard it say, money doesn't buy you happiness. But we forget about that. And sometimes we really try and have money buy us happiness. One of the things I've always trained people to do is really understand what your body feels like. We all know what strong emotions feel like. For example, when you're angry or really anxious, we immediately know that something is off and we need to do something about it. Are you able to recognize the subtlety of what happiness feels like in your body? When you can start to really analyze what that feels like and really be aware of it, you'll immediately know if something really big in your life or something really small in your life is bringing you a sense of happiness. When you do a good deed for someone else and afterwards there's a sense of euphoria or there's a sense of, well, happiness that you experience, when you can really capture that in your body and really analyze what your body's feeling like in that moment, you want to use that as a template for how to then understand the different levels of happiness in your life. Now, for some people, the word happiness can mean different things. What I'd like for us to really look at is a sense of fulfillment, a sense of contentment, a sense of joy. Those different levels of happiness cause us to move our life in that direction. And of course, there's going to be things in our life which we're not going to be so happy about. For example, sometimes even at work, it may feel tedious, or maybe just even sometimes in relationships, it feels tedious. But when we're constantly looking to go in the direction of what that happiness feels like in your body, the more awareness you have of that internal scan of how your body does feel, 
the more you can move yourself in the direction of that. You can move your thoughts in the direction of how you feel. You can move your actions in the direction of happiness of how you feel. Those are a really good tool and technique for that. So today, do something that causes you to feel happy and really analyze what that feels like in your body and then use that as a template for everything you do. And if it doesn't feel like it's within that template, it's probably not bringing you happiness or bringing you fulfillment. It's a simple little technique that will help you move your life in the direction of where you want it to go. The more happiness you have in your life, the more fulfilled your life will be. I wanted to take just a quick moment to thank you all who continually support and listen to James Miller Lifeology. I have been so blessed and honored by your continual support. However, I want to make sure that you don't miss out on anything exciting that's happening over here. So go to jamesmillerlifeology.com or lifeology.tv and sign up for the free weekly recap. Each week, I will send you an email which has all the latest radio episodes, YouTube episodes, magazine articles, and self-help products specifically for you. Once again, go to jamesmillerlifeology.com or lifeology.tv and sign up for the free weekly recap. Vernon L. Brown is a happiness coach, professional speaker, and CEO and founder of What Is Your Happy, a solution and results-focused coaching practice. He helps people play full out in their personal and professional lives. He has so far helped 10,000 people. Without labels, he energizes people to go for what their personal definition of happiness is. Welcome to my show, Vernon. Oh my God, James, thank you. Man, you got me excited hearing that. Thank you, thank you. (laughs) It's such a pleasure to have you on my show. You and I are both fellow Virginians, so this is going to be a great time to kind of talk with someone who's local in my area as well. (laughs) Now, the person with whom I'm speaking today, this happiness coach, you're not always known as that. From a little bit that I know about your background, you had a pretty rough background. So I would love to get kind of just the backstory of who you are, how you made this amazing transformation, how you continually inspire and help people find their happiness. James, thank you for having me here. And um, you know, I call this the foundation because it's not how you start, it's how you finish. Um, just like you said, it was not a uh, a beautiful beginning. It was I'm one of three, middle child. Let's not even go there. But <laughs> it's a whole other show. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, when we started out, you know, poor was an understatement. Mm. I remember just not having a lot of food to make it. You know, two or three nights, and we would just be hungry. Mm. We didn't have power. Um, I just saw a lot of violence. You know, I'm not trying to make it you know too dramatic. No, it's kind no, of set no. The stage, what was your real life? Yeah. Being Yeah. It's, you know, a lot of people think, you know, I don't have a lot of money. I don't have Mm -hmm. a lot of food. I don't have the right clothes, but it's the the, the personal impact that it takes on you. That means you're not fitting in. That means you might smell a little different because you might not be bathing. And I wasn't, we couldn't. Mm -hmm. Um, And you think about what that does to a person. And I mean, what it does to a person, I mean, to a young person who already came from a tough beginning and you continuously compound that for a good, what, 14 years. Yeah. It, it, it wasn't fun. Yeah, I, I, can't, I can't imagine it. I mean, the whole thing, not only in your family, how um, just the family system itself, but also how you're treated in school, how you're treated with your friends, maybe even your teachers. Amen. That must have been incredibly difficult as you tried to find your own way. Yeah, and, and you said it exactly right. You, when you want to reach out to these people, you know, your friends, your family, these teachers, and you don't really have the language to – I didn't. I can say that for myself. I didn't have the language mm-hmm. to say – a, you know, people say, well, I'm poor. What does that mean? Well, we just don't have a lot of money. What does that mean? People just don't know how to help you. Sure. Especially when you're not old enough to articulate and understand it yourself. It was what I was used to. I knew it wasn't, there was more, but 
you know, I'm 14. I've moved in with my grandmother because we got evicted. I'm not saying it's a beautiful thing, but it was a beautiful thing now. Um, I wasn't just evicted, by the way, James. It was evicted by, 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 by it was just terrible. Mm. We got off the bus and you see your shirt, you see, you know, whatever clothing and flying on the ground and you see boxes. And I'm like taking it in step by step. And I realized all of my things lying in the street. We lived in an apartment, you know, here in Virginia. And then it dawned on me, it's the school bus that dropped me off. And the school bus is just sitting there looking at everything. And oh you're looking gosh. at the kids laughing at you. Oh, well, Vernon, I'm so sorry. No, you know, it, it's a gift. And, uh, you know, I'm a, such a fanatic and I'm happy to share the story, which I wasn't, you know, mm-hmm. 10 years ago. Because it's it, it's a great story because it's my story and how you can be become better than what you where you are and where you came from. Mm-hmm. Exactly. But, well, I think it also comes with perspective too. The perspective that you have later on, of course, that's what's really where the learning comes, where you can really appreciate the gift that was given to you. Right, and it, it's such a profound thing when you can do that. But you have to get enough distance away from it. Mm-hmm. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. But um, I was five ten in high school, uh, maybe one hundred and seventy, maybe a buck seventy. I I was always called the whitest black guy, by the way, because of the way that I carry myself and talk and conduct <laughs> myself. It's like, well, I didn't fit in, sure. and you don't have a lot of toys. What do you do? Well, the obvious choice is to read. So I mm-hmm. read and read and read and read and read. But anyway, I turned twenty years old, well, nineteen twenty. Um, I went from five ten to six four, and I put on oh about fifty pounds. Holy cow! <laughs> uh, yeah. Talk about late bloomer. But I guess so, yeah. That's great. Yeah. <laughs> but of course, you know, I'm still a nerd at that point. Yeah. I'm like, what is this life doing to me, you know? <laughs> and um, from there, I just dove in. I had to figure out what made me tick. And if I didn't know, I needed to figure it out. And I mm-hmm. knew one thing that I had enough negative experiences in my life that I knew that's where you start. They told me I was stupid, you know, fat and ugly. Okay, I'm not stupid. Put myself to school. I'm not fat. I worked out, and I mean, I worked out, you mm. know, continuously. I sure. worked out so much that I became, a, you know, an actor and a model. I got a few magazine covers. That's great. I got to travel across the country, um, and I just went into action. And I'm not trying to make this about me, but I'm just trying to tell my story. Sure, of course. So once I got done, you know, doing that and really rebuilding myself, and not to rebuild myself to be uh, this glamorous guy, but to make myself solid and comfort, confident and mm-hmm. comfortable with who I was and being able to share my story, you know, with you and your listeners. Um, and, and to be able to say like, hey, you can make this. Yeah. I love superheroes is a really quick side note. I knew that my life was supposed to be a testament. I knew mm-hmm. that my superpower was going to manifest because of the struggle. And I you know, I, I can't, say that it never did, you know, because I think my superpowers, I found who I was. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And um, many people don't, don't, aren't able to find that. I wanted to jump back just for a second. When you were sure. 19, 20 years old and you had this epiphany, you said you knew where, where to start, where to start with, with all the things that have happened, but who, how, how did you really come up with that? I, I really want my listeners to understand how you were able to have that aha moment or that pivotal moment to say, I want something different. I need something different. I need to change. Well, you know, and it's an awesome thing, even why I do what I do, I knew that the answer that I needed and the clues or at least the direction I needed to go in was not going to come from inside of me. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, um, the, just the having a, the, the cognition to say there's more is the start. I needed someone else's perception and vision. And just like we all know, if you look for something hard enough, you'll found it, mm-hmm. find it. Um, what is that guy? I cannot think of this guy's name and always struggle, but this guy just made uh, such an amazing point. Um, well, re- he rephrased it. He said, so what happened to you at eight is keeping you back right now. And that just really was like, wow. Mm. Yeah. 
I'm 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 eight. I had no choice. I'm you know 19, 20. I have a choice. I have license. I can you know I have the know-how. I have the intelligence, and that really put the ball back into my court, and gave me the power to say, let me fix this, versus saying I can't do anything. Yes. Well, yeah, definitely. It puts you in a proactive standpoint, an accountability standpoint, as opposed right. to obviously a child who doesn't have a voice. Yeah. Right. How did you go from how did you go from uh, this 19 20-year-old you you changed your life you did all these things how did you kind of start to navigate your life to say you know what I have something in me that I want to help people find their happiness Well it's a funny thing you said that James uh, what I had to do was I had to get back on track so to speak with um communicating for me I didn't talk that much when I was younger cuz I was always scared I was going to be hit hmm. hurt to some degree I said, I needed to become a bartender. Bartenders can talk to anybody and everybody. <laughs> and true. I can talk to anybody and everybody. I'm like, why not? Yeah. You know, it's like, uh, you, it's the best communication piece that people just don't under, that people underestimate. I, you know, and it made me uncomfortable. And that's why I'm like, I got it to go with. Mm-hmm. Got to do it. I got it. And I, I was great at bartending, you know, all modesty aside is because it wasn't, people don't care about their Manhattan. People love the way you make them feel. <laughs> yeah, they really exactly. do. You can take eight minutes to make a drink, but if you can make them laugh when you bring it to them or reframe it in such a way when, you know, sweetie, these are the finest cherries, you know, from across <laughs> the land. And you say something like that, people appreciate that. Because yeah. like my Aunt Lou said, it's, people might forget who you are, but they never forget how you made them yes, feel. Yes, exactly. Yes. And, uh, and that's what it's about. You know, from there, I went from bartending to, um, you know, looking into, you know, not looking, but doing acting and modeling. And, and from there, when I got done, I said, I don't want to make other people money. And that's when I was like, I started looking at entrepreneurship. And of course, you know, I'm not just a person who says, you know, hey, I'm a coach. I have a coach. I have three coaches. And at the time, my one coach said, you really should look into life coaching. And at the time I was like 29 and I said to him, I was like, you are crazy. I was like, what do I know about being a, a life coach? I'm, I told him, I was like, I'm barely 30 years old. And, uh, you know, being the smart guy that he was and why I paid him such good money, he said, well, Vernon, you have multiple lives already. Yeah. Well, that's a good point. And that really impacted me. I, and it really reframed things. I hadn't thought about my past, but he really brought it to the future in such a positive way. Yeah. And uh, yeah, that's that's where it got started. How did you develop your your concept of happiness? So it's a funny thing. Also, it's when I sat back and I looked at my clients, um, uh, bartender, bar regulars, and I've networked with different you know people throughout life. I always paid attention to people. Always said, "Hey, I always feel a lot better when I finish talking to you." Mm. And then they would go out and do different things. Mm. And kind of the underlying you know principle there. For me was, if people feel better when they talk to me, I wonder what would happen if I kind of gave them some um, nudges through mm-hmm. the power of questions, not advice, but through the power sure. of questions. And that's when I really noticed it was happiness. That's one of the many things, one thing that we all, I don't care what race, I don't care what nationality, I mean, I, it doesn't matter. We all looking to be happy. I saw people buy like five or six cars and mm-hmm. buy these big mansions and, you know, do these, uh, these things in life. And we're not taught how to be happy. You're taught to buy things. You're taught to go to school. You're taught to, you know, have get married, have 2.5 kids, buy this, buy that. But most people don't sit down and say, hey, this makes me happy. And this is what I want to do. And when you do that, you'll be amazed of how much happier and how much more brilliant your life becomes, how energized you are in life. An intrinsic awakening as opposed to external factors, which mitigate that or cause you to feel happy just for a short period of time. 
Yeah, exactly. But think about it. You know, why would if you only can drive one car at a time, why do you have five? Like one of my clients. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> and I get it. I love cars. Don't get me wrong. But if you sit down and all of a sudden you can't drive the car because it's flooding outside and you can't do any of these things to distract you and you have to sit down and be with whoever you are, Mr. and Mrs. Client, what do you do? Mm-hmm. And then some people will look you, you know, dead face. I mean, dead in eyes like, I don't know. Like, well, this is an excellent place to start. Mm-hmm. What makes you happy? Yeah. And what are the things that you typically find when you strip all that, the external factors away, what do you think are some, one of the, maybe some of the, the main reasons why people struggle with finding their internal happiness? Well, outside of um, staying on the script of what we're supposed to do in life, which gets people tripped up, the number one thing I encounter is low energy. Mm-hmm. Hands down, no way to deny it. Um, would you like to kind of give you some examples of low energy? Sure. Um, struggling to make decisions. Um, procrastination is what some people call it. I'm not a fan of that. You just kind of put things off because I don't use labels. Um, You're very irritable, very irritable. Um, You feel a sense of just something's missing. Disorganization. You can't keep, um, you you just really can't keep a schedule down. um, You might be a bit more aware of certain circumstances that really don't benefit you than others. it shows up in such a variety of ways. It's a little different for everybody, but the but it's always it generally comes from low energy. Hmm. Always see it. Okay, well that that's a really good factor. So I think that my listeners definitely need to if you if you hear some of the things that Vernon said, you really want to make sure if you are I, I don't say a victim, but if you suffer from low energy, then it definitely is something that Vernon can help you with. There are different topics that I've saw I've, that I've seen that you work with. Um, one of it is mm-hmm. uh, well, of course, is energizing one's energizing one's life for success. But the other one is zip your inner critic. Tell me more about that. Oh yeah. So the inner critic is what we're all so familiar with, that voice (laughs) in your head that when you watch, you know, American Idol, and let's just say you have a particular talent for singing, and you say, wow, I want to do that, and I want to go on stage, and as fast as you turn the TV off and you get ready to find your favorite song, and this is just an example for by chance, but all of a sudden you'll hear, you can't do that. Mm. Or, again, why would you want to apply for that job? You're not smart enough. Why would you talk to that guy or girl? You're not attractive enough. That is the inner critic. And it's that that speech is just and it's, it changes a little bit depending on the crowd, just because some things people want to hear a little more of a little less of. But it's about people understanding. And I just briefly explain to critics like I did just a little bit longer in more detail. But it's telling you what you have to do to shut it down and, and shut it off eventually. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. And it's really not that complicated. Yeah, it's really true. I mean, you know, we think about the voices, or excuse me, we think about the things we would tell our friends. We would never tell them you can't do this. We would never tell them all these things. But unfortunately, we allow ourselves to listen to that voice within our head. Same concept as well. If we don't allow people to speak like that to us out externally, and we would never talk to someone like that, why do we do it internally? So it's 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 really a, a something that exactly like you said, very easy to shut it down. <laughs> But the critic is there to protect you. That's mm-hmm. the fact of it. I don't want to vilify the critic. Without mm-hmm. the critic, you would do some very um, gregarious behaviors. I'll just kind of throw it and blanket it with that. But you might do some things that don't really benefit you. Hey, maybe I shouldn't go running out in traffic. And But sometimes being safe does not mean you're going to be successful. And safe is such a subjective word is why we got to filter the critic. Um, filter the critic so you can decide if it's really a, a decision that benefits your future or doesn't benefit your future. I, you know, I really like the fact that you clarified that because as this is a really good example that we all have different understandings of different words. They're kind of 
interpretations mm-hmm. that we have. For example, my version of critic is slightly different than yours. So it's another really good lesson for all of us that anytime we have communication, anytime we're talking to people, if there's a slight disconnect with what, what people, how they may hear a word or how they understand it, then the communication is going to be a little off. So this was a great impromptu <laughs> uh, right. uh, lesson between Vernon and myself as far as how to clarify those different types of things. So wonderful. Well, speaking of that, you also talk about grammar. Grammar makes or breaks happiness. Tell us more about oh, that. Oh, yeah. So grammar, that's a really uh, slippery slope for a lot of people. It's its the—it's the self-talk that we do, so it's kind of the critic, but it's more how we present ourselves to people. I'm going to get to that tomorrow, or I might be able to do that, or what's a really good example? Um, one day I'm going to do X, Y, and Z. Perfect example of how your grammar can get in your way. Mm-hmm. Um, and it sounds like, well, one day I'm going to do that. What day? Be yeah. very specific. Tomorrow, Tuesday, mm-hmm. because that because it becomes that you can anchor your words to an action, mm-hmm. and, or you can actually decide your happiness with words. It's so powerful. You can be really tired. And James, I know you work long days, long hours. You mentioned your travel schedule. When you say I'm tired, guess what happens? What does your mind mm-hmm. hear? Yeah, that's that, that's permission to go to sleep. Mm-hmm. That's permission to drop your head down. That's permission to be grumpy. When you rephrase it, like you know, I've had a really long, successful day today. And it, it frames it in a way where your mind is like, hey, you know what? I do feel a little lower in energy, but it's because of this, 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 this. And it makes you look at your accomplishment and your successes. Yeah. One thing I really like for people to look at is the difference between can't versus won't. I can't do this versus yep. I won't do this. There's a difference between coming from a place of power where I will not do this versus I cannot do this, which is a place of having no power at all. Right. Exactly. It's, it's, we're not taught to, I don't want someone just using, you know, parsing on syntax, but just to really be, really choose your words carefully, especially when it comes to your future and how you empower or, you know, communicate with others. Mm-hmm. Because obviously the more you say something over and over again, you're going to believe it, whether that's when you earn your internal self-talk or whether you were told something as a child and you live that out as an adult, what we say becomes our reality. Amen. And I live that. That's mm-hmm. why I'm so careful about my words, even to myself. Uh, last week, I was having a particularly tough day. And I was like, what is going on? Mm-hmm. I'm like, what is going on? It's par for the course. And it's just just saying that, it just really reminded me of my goals and my dreams. Mm-hmm. And it just, bam, it switched, It hits another switch again. Like, that's right. That's right. This is what I'm going to do. We have what's called, in my field in psychology, we have what's called emotional forecasting. Emotional forecasting uh-huh. is essentially what I feel right now, and that's how I'm going to feel forever. And so when we forecast that out and we struggle with something, then we think that our life is always going to be, has so much anxiety or that we're going to be not successful. And so it is really important for us to, like, like you were able to do, it's par for the course, but realize that it's par for the course. It doesn't mean it's going to be like that forever, nor will it be like that for right. another hour. There could be a simple, someone could say something or do something that completely changes your mind or completely makes you makes you forget about whatever it was you experienced and all of a sudden that emotional forecasting is no longer there because you have completely right. different shift in your mentality mm-hmm. exactly 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 thank you for explaining that tell me more about your with your coaching uh, you you've so far i've worked with uh, ten thousand people which is amazing and you're gonna mm-hmm. double that as well help me understand more about that because i would love for my listeners to reach out to you as well 
So it's been four years, going into my fourth year. What, and do the math, it's over 10,000. What I'm doing as I was meeting with people one-on-one, this year I'm really focused on speaking engagements. Mm -hmm. I'm really anchored on doing more workshops, doing more engaging workshops so I can reach more and more people. Mm -hmm. The first couple years, I flipped and flopped. I had to figure the system out, figure out how to do it. And now I've got like, okay, I'm, I'm figuring this out. And then I started going faster and faster and getting people you know, to where they need to be in you know, three months or less. But it's about taking this year and really focus on people becoming more successful and happier where they are. Not that people aren't happy, but who doesn't want to be happier? Yeah, exactly. Well, I think that's the thing. I mean, everyone who's successful continues to be more successful. And when you play up, just like in sports, when you play up with people who are more successful than you, if that's either externally, internally, however you want to quantify that, then you too will then start to improve your own life as well. Amen. Exactly. Yeah, that exactly. Is, <laughs> that's wonderful. Now, with your with your uh, coaching, do you do it in person or do you do it online as well? I do it online and in person. Yes, and I always let my clients know there's no excuse why we cannot meet, whether mm -hmm. virtually, mm -hmm. um, just like even ourselves, we use Skype. You get, there's so many messenger app, um, video messenger apps, and we can break it down to the good old phone. So there's no reason <laughs> exactly. why this cannot happen. No <laughs> so you definitely take the excuses out. That's great. <laughs> oh yeah, get to the point. Like you've been sitting on this for the last 20 years. Would you like to break up with this, whatever the circumstance is? Well, great. Let's get serious about it yeah. and not look for reasons why this won't work, but why it will. Exactly. Well, it goes back to the whole thing of I'll do it tomorrow well tomorrow never comes we were, you know talking about that the word choices yeah. we use yep <laughs> exactly that's good so what's on the horizon for you so on the horizon i've got 2018 is loaded with workshops i'm going to be speaking to a lot of women's groups um mm -hmm. about and doing conducting happiness uh just happiness workshops so people can realize you know business professionals their moms their lawyers they're just professionals and they try and and they're doing, doing everything great, but they want to do everything greater. And I'm just really focused on hands-on approaches that people can use to apply things. There are a lot of concepts out there without any practices. Mm -hmm. And then that's when I come in. Excellent. So it's showing people how to apply the principles and try to apply these tactics and apply, you know, happiness. You know, how can you improve, you know, where your current relationship is? Well, let's talk about that. Yeah. Instead of, yeah, exactly. Instead of just talking about it only, but you also allow to give them practical tools and techniques to successfully accomplish right. their goals. Excellent. Amen. Right well, on. <laughs> well, Vernon, it has been such an awesome time talking with you. If my listeners would like yeah, to work with you, you or uh, reach, reach you in any way, where will they find your information online? All right. So you can go to what's your happy. It's happy with an I, not with a Y, dot com. What's your happy dot com. Um, you can reach my email at Vernon, V-E-R-N-O-N, at what's your happy. And again, it's happy with an I, dot com. Excellent. And also I have my Facebook group, um, facebook.com, and you just type in what you're happy. And again, happy with an I. Excellent. Well, Vernon, thank you so much for being a guest on my show today. It was an absolute thank pleasure you. talking with you today. James, you're great people. I thank you. Thank you. Thank you for taking the time. I also want to thank you, my listener, for tuning in today. Please subscribe to this radio show through whichever portal you join me today. Also, please go to my website where you may sign up for the free weekly recap, watch my YouTube episodes, read the articles I've written specifically for you, and purchase my previous guests' self-help products. If you'd like to work with me, be a guest on or advertise on this show, visit jamesmillerlifeology.com. Be sure to follow me on all social media platforms under the name James Miller Lifeology, except for Twitter, which is James M. Lifeology. Once again, thank you so much for your support, and I'll talk to you soon.